The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Good afternoon and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News, a very special Tuesday edition as Finance Minister Bill Morneau will bring down his third budget in the House of Commons in just a few minutes. We'll take it live for you and then when we have details of the specifics of that budget, we'll start to break it down for you. I'll be joined just after 2.30 by Dr. Trevor Toome. He is an Assistant Professor of Economics at the University of Calgary and research fellow at the School of Public Policy. I want to talk to uh, Dr. Tome, Tome, I will say, uh, about the specific effects of this budget on Alberta. I know that you've been reading and hearing on our news uh, over the last day or so that the uh, Premier of this province, Premier Rachel Notley, wanted Ottawa to address the gaps in services provided to Indigenous people who live on reserves in the province and the rest of uh, Canada in Tuesday's uh, federal budget. Uh, You might not know this, but as a bit of background information, uh, last summer, Deputy Premier Sarah Hoffman said Alberta would make up the shortfall in the absence of action from Ottawa. That shortfall is estimated to reach $665 million dollars. Uh, this year. So that's something to uh, keep an eye on for sure. After 3 o'clock, we'll talk to uh, David Elric. Um, He is a partner at BDO Canada. I want to talk to him specifically about the tax changes or the impact of this budget will uh, what it will have in terms of tax changes uh, or impact on ta- our taxes both personal and small business now you'll recall last year that uh, minister morneau's job seemed in danger um, because he had introduced uh, back in july three ways that private corporations um, could be taxed differently in, than they had been in the past the uh, the pushback was massive and uh, it escalated to the point where the finance minister was almost under daily attacks. His job seemed in danger. And now, they did make some adjustments to that plan, uh, but one of the adjustments that they did not make or that they had not addressed in detail was uh, passive investment income changes. I've done so much reading this morning on passive investments, uh, and I want to talk to uh, David Elric specifically about that and, and, of course, about our own personal taxes and how that might be affected. This uh, passive investment is an interesting one, though, because it does affect, or as it was first introduced, would have affected almost every single small business in Canada, uh, from a ma-and-pa grocery store up to, uh, up to a large corporation. Uh, passive investment being uh, individuals who, rather than pay out uh, bonuses or... Uh, reinvest their uh, their income, uh, their profit, that they instead uh, make investments that stay within the corporation. So it's a lot of it's a way that a lot of small businesses sort of plan for downturns in the economy, or ultimately for retirement. Um, the government, with their proposed changes, would have affected that greatly. So we will talk to David Elric about that after the budget is dropped and we have the details. And then finally, I'll be joined uh, after 3.30 by a favorite guest on this show, Mount Royal political science professor Dwayne Bratt, for an overall reaction 
to the budget. Some of the items that I suspect will be uh, front and center will be paternity leave. As I mentioned to you yesterday, the federal budget is expected to include a five-week use-it-or-lose-it incentive for new fathers to take parental leave and share the responsibility of raising their children. The goal being uh, to give parents a greater incentive to share child-rearing responsibilities so that new mothers can more easily return to the workforce. The budget will undoubtedly also address pay equity. And you might wonder how a federal budget does that. They do it by uh, piling money into any um, jobs which are either uh, government jobs or government-regulated workplaces. It's expected uh, that those total 1.2 million people. So that would be a significant amount of money. Uh, We will talk as well to Duane and possibly to the others about the Liberals' uh, promise in their 2015 campaign uh, to balance the budget. You recall uh, our Prime Minister saying that it would balance itself. Apparently it has not done that. They had promised back then that they would never drop below $10 billion um, of a deficit, but they've done more than that. their forecast released last October projected a 14.3 billion deficit for 2019-2020. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, income tax uh, benefits and plan for a pile of money, 50 million dollars um, rumored to be uh, put into the media uh, over five years to support uh, local journalism and underserved communities across Canada. You've heard many media personalities and others talk about. the departure of so many small publications and media outlets as a result of uh, poor listenership or readership, that's something that the government is expected to address today. We'll take our first break so that we can uh, go live as soon as the budget drops. The House is uh, there. Uh, The Finance Minister is in the House. Uh, We'll take this break. When we come back, we'll take the budget live. All right, Finance Minister Bill Morneau uh, getting set to present his third budget. Uh, we will go live to that right now. However, let's go to the 6.30 Chad 24-hour news center and Eileen Bell, and you have some highlights already from this budget. We do. The finance minister has now started to read the budget, so we're allowed to tell you what was released in the lockup today. Uh, to, to overview first, women, science, and conservation are among the dominant themes of the budget. It charts a clear course for the Liberals to the next election next year. Morno's budget includes an $18.1 billion deficit for the budget year of 2018-19. That includes a $3 billion adjustment for risk. That's down slightly from the previous year, but without any plan for a return to balanced books. Instead, the government is doubling down on the idea that spending money, even borrowed money, is good for the long-term future of Canadians. Now, The budget aims to increase the participation of women in the workforce, part of a longer-term plan to grow the economy and brace for the consequences of an aging population. It provides up to five weeks of leave for new fathers, worth $1.2 billion over five years to help break the pattern of mothers automatically, taking on the greater share of child-rearing responsibilities. It also includes major investments in science, the environment, and reconciliation with Indigenous peoples, all areas that Prime Minister Trudeau's government sees as part of its progressive vision for the country and the world. So to look at some of the specific highlights, there's proactive 
effective pay equity legislation, as well as $3 million over five, year, five years for a pay transparency measure that is supposed to close the wage gap among federal workers and in federally regulated sectors. That includes broadcasting and a whole different range of things that come under federal control. That should impact about 1.2 million people. There's going to be set up the Advisory Council on the Implementation of National Pharmacare. That's going to be headed by former Ontario Health Minister Eric Hoskins, uh, who just stepped down as Ontario's Health Minister in the last day or two, prompting some questions. Now we know why. That's going to explore ways to establish a national drug program. $3.2 billion over five years will be spent for Canadian science and research, including money for granting councils and Canada research chairs, upgrading outdated lab facilities and harnessing the power of big data. We've got $2.6 billion over five years for a wide array of measures to encourage and foster scientific innovation and gender equality in science, including encouraging female entrepreneurs and business leaders, revamping procurement and expanding access to broadband internet. Now, with a federal deficit of $18.1 billion, that includes, as we mentioned earlier, the $3 billion risk adjustment. That's down from $19.3 billion last year and reaches $12.3 billion by 2022-23. Now, about $1.4 billion over six years will support Indigenous children in foster care and promote family reunification. Plus $400 million over 10 years will upgrade and expand Inuit housing and $500 million will go to Métis housing. Higher excise taxes are coming in on tobacco products. That's going to include a $1 increase on a carton of 200 cigarettes and an adjustment that would see taxes increase with inflation every year rather than every five years. So the cost of smokes will go up every year. $1.2 billion over five years and $344.7 million a year after for a new employment insurance parental sharing benefit that would provide additional use-it-or-lose-it benefits for non-birthing parents to encourage women to re-enter the workforce. $2 billion over five years for international aid through a new international assistance innovation program that's designed to come up with flexible new financing arrangements and the sovereign loans program. We've got $155.2 million over five years for a new Canadian Centre for Cybersecurity, $116 million over five years for the RCMP to create a new National Cybercrime Coordination Unit. We've got almost half a billion, four point, uh, or rather 448 million over five years to double the number of placements under the Canada Summer Jobs Program by next summer. 172 million over five years and 42.5 million a year after for the Canada Media Fund. That's to foster the growth of Canadian produced media content. 50 million over five years to support local journalism in underserved communities and plans to explore new models that would allow private and philanthropic support for non-profit journalism, including allowing Canadian newspapers to receive charitable status. 75 million over five years with almost 12 million a year after to bolster Canada's trade ties with China and Asia. 191 million over five years to support jobs in the softwood lumber industry 
industry and includes litigation under the World Trade Organization and NAFTA's dispute resolution mechanism. $90.6 million over five years to track down tax evaders and avoiders, plus almost $42 million over five years and almost $10 million a year to help Canada's courts deal with the extra caseload. Changes to income sprinkling, passive investment income, and the small business tax rate that are expected to save the government $925 million a year by 22-23 and $173 million in uh, this year to support claim processing and improve border security to better manage the increased number of people seeking asylum in Canada. So that is the list of highlights in the federal budget that uh, Finance Minister Bill Morneau is reading right now. Good stuff. Thanks for that, Arlene Bell. You're welcome. All right, so a lot there. We'll break it down as the afternoon goes on. We'll talk to our guests and get some more specifics and reaction to that. So in an overview, the Trudeau government has basically just tabled a budget that will use billions of dollars worth of fresh fiscal runway for new investments. But it does leave Ottawa with no timetable, you might have noticed, uh, for balancing the books anywhere on the horizon. You'll recall that in 2015, the Prime Minister promised uh, during his campaign uh, that they would balance the books by next year. That's not only apparently not going to happen, but not even being addressed by Finance Minister Bill Morneau's budget. Uh, The budget will channel some extra dollars into new spending that he's banking on to lift Canada's long-term growth, saying uh, the new spending will be carried out in a responsible way. And uh, Minister Morneau argues his earlier investments have already produced encouraging economic results. So just to compare to the fall, the government has $19.8 billion in additional cash to play with over the next six years. That's an average of $3.3 billion per year in extra fiscal elbow room. Now, that extra money is going to come from a number of sources, including the stronger economy, uh, revenues from tax changes for private corporations, lower than expected departmental spending, and reprofiled infrastructure commitments. And the government is projecting deficits roughly in line with its October projections. The new outlook shows an $18.1 billion shortfall for 2018 2019. My goodness, that's expected to gradually shrink to $12.3 billion by the year 2023. Uh, that's including annual $3 billion cushions to offset risks. Now, I haven't heard much about this, but it's a big one, this, uh, the, the pharmacare. The federal uh, liberals have appointed a group of advisors to explore options for a national program to cover the cost of prescription drugs. And they're already making it easier to cover the cost of cannabis-based pharmaceuticals. Now, it's not, there's no money set aside for this. It's basically they're planning a plan. Next year, you'll see former Ontario Health Minister Eric Hoskins head up an advisory council to come up with options and how to create a national pharmacare program, a program that the Parliamentary Budget Watchdog has warned could cost us $19 billion a year. Uh, The council gave uh, the government a year to study the idea, which has been a key talking point uh, for NDP leader Singh, fueling speculation the Liberals plan to to make pharmacare a centerpiece of its 2019 election campaign. Now, in the meantime... The Liberals have said they won't apply new sales taxes to cannabis-based pharmaceutical products that could be obtained with a prescription, nor will taxes be applied to oils that contain low amounts of THC. 
Um, these are the uh, psychoactive uh, element of marijuana that's used by children with certain medical conditions. As well, the government says it plans to look at creating a rebate program to retroactively reimburse patients an unspecified amount for taxes already paid on cannabis-based pharmaceuticals. All right, so proactive pay equity. My goodness, uh, maybe I should wait for my uh, tax expert to talk about that. The tax changes are complicated, and they're a little above my pay grade. But as I mentioned, I'm going to have uh, from BDO Canada, David Elric on just after three o'clock. We're going to talk about those tax changes and how they will affect you personally, whether you're an individual or the owner of a small business. But in general terms, the, the Liberal government is moving to tighten the tax rules for small businesses, uh, sort of fine-tuning changes that prompted all that uproar I spoke about just a moment ago last year. But Finance Minister Bill Morneau still faces the challenge of corporate tax cuts in the U.S., now, they've prompted fear at the border that companies will choose to invest stateside instead of Canada. Now, in the budget, Morneau adopted to hold the line on corporate taxes in Canada, opting to help in other ways, such as with spending to grow women-led businesses, innovation, and diversification of trade. I know that the minister has been quoted previously as saying that he doesn't want, and I'm using words that he didn't, but basically he didn't want a knee-jerk reaction to what was going on down in the United States, that he wanted to plan for a more stable, predictable future. So as a result of what's going on with NAFTA and as a result of what's going on with corporate uh, tax down in the United States, the minister doesn't think that it would be prudent to take some drastic action in this budget, and he hasn't done so. Now, you recall he faced such a backlash over his initial plans to change small business taxes last year that he eventually backed down on some of the proposals. In the budget this year, Ottawa's moved to eliminate the small business deduction for businesses that earned more than $150,000 in passive income starting in the tax year that begins in 2019. And again, passive income is something I really want to talk to David Elric about. It's a term I had not heard or talked about in the last, well, prior to about two weeks ago. But this idea of income that you that a company earns or small business earns but they keep it within the corporation rather than reinvesting it rather than growing or putting it into inventory so they invest it instead in something really safe and long term and then that's a sort of a savings plan for them against economic downturns possible retirement or uh, possibly just getting rid of their business down the road uh, it also, the, by the way, moved to limit the advantages that some businesses can obtain when they pay certain dividends. But again, all of this extremely complicated, this tax stuff. We'll have experts on the show in the next uh, few minutes and throughout the afternoon until 4 o'clock to break it all down for you. And if you were expecting something massive or earth-shattering today, um, you'd be disappointed. No one really expected that. This is the budget between budgets, basically. And the last budget was the, hey, are you going to deliver on your campaign promises budget? The next budget will be the one prior to the next federal election. So that will be the one in which money probably flows freely and money is uh, found to cover all the promises that have been made over a four-year term. So this was the interim budget. Um, the focus of this was uh, gender equality, indigenous uh, 
situations, problems, uh, challenges, and a few others. You might call it a fine-tuning budget. But we'll break it all down for you as the afternoon goes on. We'll take a news uh, break right now. When we come back, I'll be joined by Dr. Trevor Tome. He's the Assistant Professor of Economics at the U of C, a research fellow at the School of Public Policy. That's all coming right up. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.